Good morning, everyone. I hope you're keeping well. The blessing of God is upon you. Uh, thanks, Amy, for last week. It was good to hear a, another voice and just to be reminded that we are uh, to be on the front line of life, to, to be in the place where the Lord wants us to be, where we can s- serve him uh, most effectively. I was thinking about those things and the question came to me, what is it really like to be spiritual? If we are to be equipped, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but we're facing principalities and powers. And we need to realise that uh, our dependence is upon the anointing and empowering of the Holy Spirit. So what is being spiritual? I believe that we are spiritual when the Holy Spirit is working through us. I think that's the only time that we're spiritual, really, uh, because the Holy Spirit is active within our lives at those times. That can be in a conversation, it can be sharing testimony, it can be being at work, talking to a colleague. Uh, God can communicate to us and through us in so many ways. But that is what spirituality is all about. It's not about prayer and devotion. It's about action that follows prayer and devotion. Spirituality is more about spiritual fruitfulness than about gifting. It's about being balanced. And that's the focus of my message this morning. It's about being balanced. I'm going to look at three areas uh, that I think may help us. In Philippians 4, uh, Peter writes, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And I think that's how we should be coming across as gentle people. People who are able to listen, to hear, to understand, and then to draw from the Holy Spirit responses that will enrich, that will build up, that will strengthen, uh, that will give glory to God. And that is what we uh, should be and are all about. So, balance. The first couple of things that need to be balanced is humility and confidence. If we are so humble that we do nothing, then we are going to be totally ineffective. But if we are so confident that we will take on the world we will be misunderstood and uh, ineffective in in our witness. So it's important that we find a place where humility and confidence are both evidenced and balanced together. If we don't get the right balance, we won't be effective. We need to take our eyes off ourselves and put them onto Jesus. He will help our humility and he will give us confidence. Proverbs chapter 29, looking from verse 19, it just points out a few things as Proverbs does. The first one says, Servants cannot be corrected by mere words. Though they understand, they will not respond. Even servants are full of pride. Even the boss telling them what they should do, they don't respond. We need to make sure that we don't let pride get in the way of doing what the boss tells us to do. Verse 20 uh, says, do, do you see someone who speaks in haste? He says, there is more hope for a fool than for them. People who have no self-control, uh, their, their tongue um, speaks before their brain's in gear. Uh, I was in a, a meeting at the prison, uh, an act review, and the, uh, the man chairing it, the officer chairing it, used some bad language. 
and uh, and at the end of the bad language, he said uh, he said I'm I'm, I'm sorry uh, for the language I used there, and I just said to him, I says, well, all of us uh, don't have self control in some area of our lives. Other officers just smiled, and he looked at me funnily, but I made the point that if you don't want to use bad language or say the wrong thing, then hesitate. Think about what you're going to say. Think about what's important and get that self-control active. Verse 21, it goes on, it says, A servant pampered from youth will turn out to be insolent. If we're made to think that we're more important than we are, then we will be not be fruitful. But when we realise how important we are, we will be humble because our humility comes through Jesus Christ. Verse 22, an angry person stirs up conflict and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. Again, self-control is missing and therefore control is gone. Verse 23, pride brings a person low, but the lowly in spirit gain honour. If we are over-assertive, then we will come across in the wrong way and we need to be aware that we need to be lifted up by the Lord, not by ourselves. Verse 24, the accomplices of thieves are in, in their, sorry, the accomplices of thieves are their own enemies. They are put under oath and dare not testify. There's a fear of what may happen. The fear of people uh, is there. And because they are bad and wrong associates, it impacts the things in their life that they can say and do. It goes on in verse 25. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Uh, It keeps bringing us back to the Lord. It keeps bringing us back to Jesus, that we need to constantly be in touch with him. Uh, It goes on in verse 26. Many seek an audience with a ruler, but it is from the Lord that one gains justice. It's so important that we make Christ the priority each and every day. The righteous detest the dishonest, it says. The wicked detest the upright. We will not always make friends by doing what is right, but we need to make sure that we are doing what's right and leave the Lord to direct us to the people who would be our friends. Four more quick scriptures from Proverbs. Proverbs 11, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Uh, Chapter 18, before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honour. Proverbs 21, haughty eyes and a proud heart, the unploughed field and the wicked produce sin. And Proverbs 22, humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honour and life. We must make sure that we are not relying on our own natural self-confidence, but we are reliant upon the Lord and we are humbling ourselves. Don't pray for humility. We are told to to, to humble ourselves and the Lord will lift us up. We put ourselves down. We recognise that we are nothing without him and he will lift us to fulfil the purpose that he has for us. The second pair that need balance are truth and love. We uh, we live in a county that is famous for 
saying it as it's, as it's seen. Yorkshire people and people who have, have been adopted into Yorkshire um, can be very blunt in what they say. And we need to realise that, yes, truth is truth. But if we speak without love, then we're told that we're like a sounding cymbal or a banging clang. The things we say and do are empty and destructive rather than uh, full of goodness and life. It's a difficult balance. Love becomes soft if it's not strengthened by truth. And truth becomes hard if it is not softened by love. We need to recognise that we need to be honest and true, but we also need to have compassion and love. Let me read that again. Love becomes soft if it is not strengthened by truth, but truth becomes hard if it is not softened by love. When when John wrote his second letter to John, it says the, the elder uh, to the lady chosen by God and to her children, whom I love in the truth. So there we've got this this balance that he, that he says, I love them in the truth. And, and not I only, but also all who know the truth. Truth is about a person, not facts and events. A believer speaking truth will always communicate love. Jesus himself says in John 14, I am the truth. He is the person. If we're speaking truth, then Jesus needs to be in there. If he's not in there, then we are totally out of balance and being destructive. Uh, Verse 2 of John 2. Sorry, 2 John. Because of the truth which lives in us, we will and will be... Because of the truth which lives in us and will be with us forever. Grace and mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus the Father's Son will be with us in truth and love. It has given me a great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth. It's a way of life. It's not just some consideration that we need to bring balance at a particular moment. But we have to be living it day in, day out. Each incident, each situation, knowing the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon us. It would appear that John's letter uh, was being sent to believers who were out of balance. Uh, He says, I ask that we love one another. He's telling them that things are not as they should be and, and that they need to get this right. If it's not right, then it will lead us into a place of darkness. Verse 6 goes on. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. If we want to show that we love God, we show that we're obedient to him. We're aware of what he's speaking to us through the scriptures by his spirit. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. This is quite serious. There's a hint in there that some believers saw themselves as more spiritual 
than others in the church. And they're trying to run ahead because the other people perhaps are viewed as holding them back. But it tells us clearly anyone who runs ahead does not have God. Whoever continues in the has both the Father and the Son. So, we need to make sure that yes, we are honest and we are true, but that what we say and how we say it is washed, is soaked, is covered, is full of the love of God. And we need to make sure that we, when we look into love and care for people, that we're not leading them astray by making sounds that sound like things don't matter. We need to point out that obedience is important, but we need to do it through love in a very clear way. Which brings us to the third pairing and the final pairing. Uh, We've had humility and confidence. We've moved on to truth and love. And now we're at vision and action. Visions don't work unless we do. Vision requires action. It's no good just coming out with a prophecy or direction if we're not going to follow that. Primarily, it's first to the, to the, to the one who receives it. And that person is responsible for taking that, that vision through. Vision starts with thinking, allowing God to speak. We're going to the book of Haggai. So, if you want to pause and find Haggai, or you can just listen to me and look look it up later. In the second year of Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came. The third day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet. Verse 2, this is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. The people are saying, no, we need to rebuild the house. We need to rebuild the temple. We need to do that, but it isn't now. Now's not the right time. But verse 3 says this, Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Again, the word is coming. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your panelled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now, This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. He's saying, get your priorities sorted out. He's saying that to us as believers. He's saying that to us as individuals in our faith. Don't just know what you should do, but do it. It goes on in chapter 2. Who of you is left who saw the house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? But now be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Josedak, the high priest. Be strong, all of you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work, for I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. Sometimes we think jobs are too big, too difficult, too awkward, whatever it may be. But the Lord is saying, work, and I will be with you. He says in verse 7, I will shake all nations. The whole of the world has been shaken by COVID. And the Lord has 
use these things to get people's attention. But what he's saying is, have I got your attention? Do you not see what I want you to be working at? Do you not see that I want you to be not just knowledgeable of the word, but obedient to the word and following it through? Verse 9, the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. I believe he's promising us that as we have this change of leadership coming up, that what he's got in store for us is going to be greater than just having a really well, well decorated and functional building. We're going to have a body of people who are to the Lord, who are supporting the man of God or the woman of God, whoever's leading, and we're getting right behind them. It says, verse 15, Now give careful thought to this from this day. Consider how things were before one stone was laid on another in the Lord's temple. He is saying, give careful thought to this from this day on. We need to think. And as we think things through, then God will envision us He'll give us a purpose, and that purpose will give us an anointing as we live it out. God's not going to tell us what somebody else should do. He's going to tell us what we should do. And we have a personal responsibility. That's where we'll be accountable to if we don't listen to what he's saying. Verse 18 says, From this day on, from this 24th day of the ninth month, Give careful thought to the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Give careful thought. I believe he's saying, look back over your life. Your foundation for life now is Jesus Christ. What, what has happened to that building? What life have you built as you look to serve God? And how can you complete the job he's given to you? By making ourselves available. By trusting in him. By letting him lead the way. We've seen we need to get the balance between humility and confidence. We must be confident, but we need to do it in a humble way so that things are full of, 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 of direction and goodness, truth and love. Again, just to quote, love becomes soft if it's not strengthened by truth. Truth becomes hard if it's not softened by love. And we need to get the balance. Enough love to keep the truth uh, and enough truth to make the love effective. And then finally, the vision and the action. Not only do we want to hear from God, but we need to be putting that right into practice. So what are our lives working towards? What are we investing our time and talents in? It's not what people will say about us when we die, our epitaph, as it were. It's about what Jesus says to us when we see him that counts. It's not what we leave behind that matters. It's what we take with us. Our stored treasure. Our true spiritual value. Lord, we pray that as we partake of these emblems this morning, that again our focus will be upon you. And our awareness is that in order for us to live an effective, balanced life for you, we need your Spirit every day. Holy Spirit, come. Fill us again today. Envision us. Fill us with love. Help us to humble ourselves that we will be increasingly fruitful and effective as we partake of these emblems. Pray that you will bless them to us.
and we remember your death for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.